Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend Enfuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. The show's namesake, BJ Shea, is off watching Loki, probably. And running the boards is Joey D's Wednesday for Waluigi and also for Loki. And speaking of which, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Loki and then the Geek She with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. Let's get out our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or just search BJ Shades Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. You'll find us. Yes. Way many, way many, lots of ways to, to get a hold of us and uh, contact us. BJGeekNation.com uh, is a good way to find all of our stuff. But if you go to BJGeekNation at gmail.com, you can send us an email like Ryan, who says, I'm a longtime listener, uh, longtime listener to our normal show, which we have on KSW in Seattle. Um, he says he's a new listener of the podcast as of this year. Thank you very much, Ryan, for listening. Welcome. Uh, first time writer to the Geek Nation. I want to share my thoughts on the first episode of Loki. I am also curious what you guys think of my synopsis below and possibly anything that you care to add to it. Uh, so how good was the first episode of Loki? I thought it was fantastic. I really enjoyed the intro of the plot as well as the phenomenal first cliffhanger of sorts. Finding out that the variant that Agent Mobius of the TVA is pursuing is Loki himself, especially after he calls Loki a pussycat in reference to his level of threat, I felt like this illustrates the struggle Loki is going to have throughout this series. Think about it. After being rendered, rendered damn near powerless and given the rundown of the Supreme Timeline rules and truths, and on top of that, being belittled as a threat to the TVA... I think Loki, as he agrees and begins to help the TV, uh, TVA, I think he is going to turn as he learns to navigate this new realm he finds himself in. I have a theory that the madness of the multiverse timelines that they brought up in the beginning, DMV-like Hall, will not only be the reason behind the Supreme Timeline, but that Loki, God of Mischief, ends up breaking the Supreme Timeline in an act of heroism due to Agent Mobius' interference. They have also broken a claim they made in the first episode. Mobius tries to imply that everyone in existence in the Supreme Timeline is on a set path decided by the Time Lords, but not resetting uh, Loki as what seems like standard protocol for the TVA has now kept Loki off his set path in the Supreme Timeline as now he is in essence allowed him to exist outside of it. I believe that this minor inconsistency is enough to unravel something as delicate as a Supreme Timeline and this will bring back the madness of the multiverse. Interesting. Uh, he's also hoping that maybe they'll see a Doctor Strange cameo at the end. Probably not, but this first episode of Loki didn't even try to dance around the terms like multiverse, madness, or time travel. And that's true. Uh, looking back at that, uh, and even at the, the first one, it was very interesting as to the fact that he is a variant, mm -hmm. and he's still able to stick around, so that didn't branch off his timeline too much. But maybe it's just because now he is taken outside of that timeline but that is kind of an interesting inconsistency hmm. now we have seen the second episode of variant which we are definitely looking into and first off much like the uh branches in the uh sacred timeline everybody now is just putting out these theories that could or could not be real. We might discuss some of them, but to be perfectly honest, one of the things I'm going to state with a show like this, much like Falcon and the Winter Soldier and WandaVision, is don't necessarily think too much on what possibly could 
uh, happen. Pay a lot of attention to what is going on and kind of just deal with the scope of the show because all of these shows do talk about big things, but they're also about the characters themselves. And I mean, there's nothing wrong with trying to like, oh, I wonder if this is going to happen or kind of have your guesses or just for funsies. Mm -hmm. But I think the problem with that is that we get really into it and get upset when it doesn't happen. And then our whole view on the show that we think is a good show is now tainted and now we think it's a bad show. Absolutely. And even something along the lines that I've seen that some people are saying that like Avengers Endgame proves that Loki's sacred timeline is complete nonsense. And it absolutely could. The TVA could just be some BS that was put out there. We don't know exactly what is going on with this. We don't know anything about the timekeepers or time lords if you want to go a little more of a Whovian uh, sort of a look hmm. at that. Um, we don't know their play. We just know what we've seen in these first two episodes. And the big one is that now we have a female Loki, which was kind of hinted at in terms of like everyone noticing that even on his like they've made uh, announcements that Loki has been confirmed as gender fluid. So that was kind of the first hint. Uh, and even in this episode, they're showing all the different variants. Yeah. And there's one that literally looks like Loki Hulk. Right. Which was pretty fantastic. I mean, who hasn't been a Hulk at one point? Yeah, right. I don't, I don't or a Venom. That. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's that too. Oh, that'd be, oh, what if that was a Venom instead? That'd be kind of mm. cool. A lot of interesting things when it comes down to it. But really, the basis was, this was, uh, it started off as a test. They ended up going to Oshkosh, Wisconsin, because, mm -hmm. uh, Oshkosh. yes, the variant Loki had ended up at a Ren fair and uh, had uh, actually uh, kidnapped, abducted one of the, I'm just going to call them time cops, uh, one of the time cops and uh, messed everything up. This is the they're, first. They're called Hunters. Oh, thank you very much. The uh, Hunters. And I knew she looked really familiar, uh, that actress who was the kidnapped one. Her name is Sasha Lane. She also was in the new Hellboy movie. Uh, oh. With David Harbour, because I'm like, I know her, I know her, I know her, and I could picture her. I just couldn't picture who the main baddie, or not baddie, but the dude she was hanging out with. I'm like, when's it Vin Diesel? No, it was David Harbour's Hellboy. So if you were curious like me, that's who she is. Nice. And so this is the first field mission for Loki. And really, actually, it was more for uh, for Mobius to kind of test Loki's boundaries to see if he's going to be a lying liar who lies. Spoiler, he's a lying liar who lies. We know this, and that's... Essentially, they even uh, reiterate this by, again, belittling him even more by being mm. like, you're not even you're probably not even the better one at this point in time. You're not the better Loki. And of course, he thinks so, because, I mean, you're the main character in your own story and uh, you would all, always think that. But no, uh, it really kind of turns out to see that, you know, we've seen Loki try to try this trick before. And the way mm -hmm. he was talking and just smooth talking so much, I was like... Yeah. This is still 2012 Loki. And that's a big point, too. Like, he's seen glimpses of his future, but when did when did Thor The Dark World, that came out before Avengers or after Avengers? Because it's one of those ones where I think he was captured and then put into his cage at that point in time um, from the events of the Avengers. Yes, I do remember that, because he's he helps... Well, accidentally helps get his mother killed. Yeah. Yeah, but that's it, when he really breaks down. Yeah, it was the next year it came out. So okay, so, to assume. Yeah, yes. so it happened afterwards. So even that glimpse is like he realizes he kills his mother, yeah, but that, he doesn't know why or how he, it happens. And we know for a fact that this happened after Avengers because that's when Thor takes him back and that's why he's in that prison. That's right. Yeah, that's perfect. Why. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he only gets a glimpse of that. He only gets a glimpse of himself being killed by Thanos. And so dealing with all of those sort of things uh, is still kind of brought up because it's all about family and how he's kind of screwing over his family. 
And in this episode, the only documents that he can find that aren't classified and uh, inaccessible to a variant are really what comes down to the destruction of Asgard. Mm -hmm. And he sees in the paper the 9,000-some um, dead mm -hmm. and the fact that his the kingdom of Asgard is utterly destroyed. Mm -hmm. And so that's another thing that is, like, all the things that he knows, his family, his home, are being ripped away, and it's kind of taking away from what he is himself. And I feel that's really what they're focusing on, where... Uh, each of the other uh, series so far on Disney Plus have had a theme. I think this is kind of like finding yourself when there's so many other yous out there. Yeah, I mean, this is like the best dialogue I think that they've had in the series so far. And probably the Disney Plus TV shows in general was the conversation between him and Mobius, a.k.a. Owen Wilson, mm -hmm. where they're talking about, uh, you know, weird conspiracies of life. Like, oh, you believe in a god and all the law. And he's like, well, I work for these lizard monsters that control time. And he's like, well, how do you know that? Why do you believe in them? They don't exist. And they kind of have this discussion about, well, you kind of create your own reality. Yeah. And it's like, like you're a god too. But the, <laughs> in but in the interesting part, and the, the thing that really stuck out to me is when they're talking about free will. And he goes, so the only people that have free will are the people outside the timeline, which is interesting because does Loki as a variant have the ability to change his own destiny if he's no longer a part of the timeline with Mobius? Yeah. Which that, is freaky because now I'm like, well, he had a destiny and it was to do this. But once he becomes a variant, does that mean that he can then affect things that he wouldn't normally be able to? And it really gets into that sort of weird aspect because when you look at it that way, it's we, you and I were just talking about so much. It's like he shouldn't exist. And so whenever he goes anywhere, he should be breaking things. Like yeah. Branches should be just shooting off mm -hmm. anytime he steps anywhere. And they tried to address this when they were talking about how the other Loki, the other variant, can hide away because it was all in places where, uh, like, nobody would survive, where the time variants would um, enclose on themselves from gigantic, massive apocalypses. Apocalypses? Apocalypses. Yeah. Yes, it's the time tree uh, theory, if you will, in time travel, where you can't you have to do something major to change the timeline, meaning you have to affect a root, not mm -hmm. a stem. If you affect a stem, nothing happens because the root never will budge. But if you affect the root of it, you can destroy the tree. Mm -hmm. So I guess there's a sacred timeline that will always be true. It's just which timeline will succeed in winning this battle of timelines if there are a bunch of variants creating them like we see at the end of the episode when they get time-bombed. Yeah, and that was a super epic play on that point because it's like, okay... Uh, you can hide out in these apocalyptic events and you have all of these essentially time bombs where they just eradicate the area of problem, which will then let time heal itself. Time heals all wounds. That's that's adorable. Yeah, it's it's you know, I, you know me in time travel. I really I never know. understand it at the end because but Disney does a good job of not breaking their own rules within it, meaning that like at least they'll tell you how things work, even if they don't maybe make sense. They don't break the rules after they establish them, which and, is nice. And this was a setting of that. Like the first episode was setting the the characters and where they're at in terms of like what's going on they're at the tva they're kind of figuring out how this part works and this one really gets into more with uh, miss minutes explaining uh some of the stuff they're not going to get super into it but they are establishing how the rules work according to the tva and the mcu as we know it so as long as they don't break those rules or if they do break those rules but it's because the tva is not what it seems i'm really more okay with that at that point 
Yeah, what do you guys think? Do you think the lizard people are good or bad? Because of the scene where they talk about the fact that they haven't written the end of time yet was very interesting yeah. in a way that makes me think they're evil. And that I would tend to agree with as well. It's they're they're plotting it out uh, the way that they want it done. But what gives them the authority to do so? Just because you name yourself the Time Variance Authority doesn't necessarily mean that you should be an authority figure. Mm-hmm. Like, are they are they making it or are they just messing with it to however they want? And that's the thing, too. Yeah. It's like, are you creating it or are you just trying to streamline it, I guess, to your yeah, eyes? Yeah. Like, untangle the uh, the headphones of time, so to speak. <laughs> and those, you know, your stupid earbuds, the ones that used to have wires. Um, so it's very kind of strange to go all about all of that. And like even like. There's a couple of discrepancies and inconsistencies. Uh, just the fact that, like, Loki explained with his new theory, which was a very funny scene where he stole Owen uh, Mobius's uh, salad. He's like, no, I want that salad. That's my lunch. And he's, like, throwing all sorts of stuff in it, explaining how the, how the, mm-hmm. the timeline he's works. He's all excited, but still being Loki. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but he was mentioning stuff like saying, hey, let's, let's say push Hulk off the Rainbow Bridge. Like, he's referencing things that he wasn't around for but other than reading the report and i guess maybe the report was super thorough and he was able to go through it like i don't we don't know how time works where they're at and you've even brought that up joe a couple of times where it's just like are they inside the time on the outside we don't we don't know yeah it's yeah. such a weird little aspect but you hear them talk about stuff like you know time is chaos and i'm like oh man they're referencing a lot of not celestials, but gigantic cosmic beings. Like, um, it's like Lord Chaos and Lord, uh, what's the thing opposite of Chaos? Uh, order? Peace? Order, <laughs> thank you. I could not even. So Order and Chaos are two beings that are the cosmic beings, some stuff like the Inbetweener and uh, uh, the, the, the Living Tribunal and stuff like that, like the upper echelon of those. So when they mention those names, First off, it makes everybody lose their mind on the uh, uh, on the internet because everyone wants to be like, "Oh, that's Mephisto. Oh, that's that. That's this. It's that. It's that." We don't know. We don't know yet, so we don't really necessarily know how it's going to be going about. I just I don't necessarily think, and I kind of have to agree with what uh, even what Ryan was saying, what we've been thinking. I don't think the TVA is a hundred percent like they believe it, like all of them believe it because they were created to believe it and to be this bureaucratic DMV crap. Uh, can we talk about uh, the big reveal and that our, I don't want to say buddy, but I feel like he's my buddy because I watch him all the time, even though he doesn't know I exist. <laughs> Straw Hat Goofy, Goofy. Yeah. <laughs> on TikTok. He called it. Yeah. He called the big reveal. Oh, that was so cool. <laughs> I loved it. So how do you I, feel about it? I thought I, it was one of those like, there's a reason why we haven't seen that Loki's face because mm-hmm. we would have seen it at the end of the last episode where it's like, we're looking for you. We would have probably seen like him turn around and there's Loki's face again, but that wasn't the case. So we knew it was going to be a very different looking Loki. Although she gave me a very kid Loki vibe. And I don't know if it was the little head thing she was wearing or whatever, but this female Loki, cause I think they're like Loki's gender fluid in yeah. the comics and, and I think in mythology, but don't quote me on that. I think so I was very excited to see, okay, you're going to be outdone because this is not only a different Loki and quote-unquote a superior Loki, but a female Loki is going to think differently than a male Loki. 
mm-hmm. in different aspects, not in everything, but in a lot of things. And it's I want to see how this plays because I didn't notice this, but um, the Lady Loki mm-hmm. also had a headband on with uh, two horns, but one of them was broken. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, I didn't notice it either, but astute viewers are. Uh, and even more astute viewers are kind of throwing out some very interesting theories. And again... Theories Theories. are theories. Theories are what they are. So you got to kind of just see how this works. But they're thinking that maybe this Loki isn't necessarily even Loki. And again, this gets into the big brain, Mephesto sort of weird stuff. But whatever Lady Loki did to switch over to people and like take them over, Mm -hmm. this Loki was surprised by. Like he didn't expect that to happen. Like, he was kind of taken aback by that. Well, they did mention at the beginning when it's like, all Lokis basically have most of these same powers where they can do A, B, and C, but some of them have other powers as well. Yeah, so they're kind of leaning towards that, which I hope that's gonna the simplest explanation is the one that works for mm-hmm. that. But again, other people, uh, at the end of the variant international credits list, if people continue to watch that, maybe they were looking for an Easter egg or something. Uh, while Loki holds the lead, uh, dubbed by David Brow, the second listing is for a Sylvie, dubbed by Elise Buter. As the third name on the list, however, is Mobius's dubber, Luis Posada, it's implied that Sylvie had a central role in the story. However, there's no Sylvie that is named Sylvie in the episode, and the likeliest character to be important for that seems to be the female Loki, maybe named Sylvie. Uh, When even he said, you know, he called her Loki, she was like, don't call me that name. So a lot of people are also saying that there is a Sylvie in Marvel Comics. Sylvie Lushton is a human girl who believes she's Loki's daughter, courtesy of another one of Loki's schemes. Introduced in Dark Reign, Young Avengers number 1 by Paul Cornell and Mike Brooks, Sylvie adopts the original Enchantress's manners and magic. She remained with the Young Avengers for a time, was lured into villainy, and eventually ran into conflict with the true Enchantress Amora during the 2016 Illuminati event. Mm. So some people are kind of thinking maybe that this is a offspring of Loki. Okay. And while, you know, it's kind of one of those interesting theories, it does lend credence, especially if she was in the Young Avengers, because Wanda's kids... Uh, were both Wiccan and Speed. Speed were both also Young Avengers, and I believe also in uh, w- uh, what is it now Captain America and the Winter Soldier, we kind of get a glimpse at another Young Avenger, and I'm blinking on his name right now. He was uh, was it not Josiah? Um, oh, the the the, the, the one, grandson. Yeah, the one that was running through. Okay, yeah, exactly. I'm blinking on his name. But so they're they're planting the seeds for Young Avengers at this point, mm-hmm. which again it could be a complete and total just like Evan Peters' Quicksilver in WandaVision was like, a just, just an BS. Easter egg. It could be just a fun Easter egg or something that they can plant later on. Um, we don't know necessarily yet, but it lends towards that pay a lot more attention to stuff. I just don't think that they would let it go. Like that sort of little thing go in the credits. Mm-hmm. Maybe somebody just missed it and put a wrong name. Maybe it was a placeholder name. We don't know. I will say though, um, I did like so. One me Masaku, the actress who played, uh, she's Hunter B15. She's the one when uh, Mobius gives Loki the sword. She's like, absolutely not. 
she's the first one that the female Loki, if you will, like takes over in front of Loki. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that was she like was babysitting Loki. Her <laughs> rendition of being Loki felt more Loki than the female Loki we saw. That was super down fun. to the smile, just. Like Hi. both the actors, both uh, her and the guy who played Randy, they really got <laughs> away with a lot of fun stuff with that. Like it was super amazing. Randy was one of my favorites. Right. Yeah. My name's Randy. Call <laughs> <laughs> me Randy. Some of the big questions at this point in time, obviously, is like why is Lady Loki hell bent on destroying the sacred timeline? Because at this point, she has dropped all the time bombs and the place is just branching off. My theory is that she knows where, and they even stated that she knows where the timekeepers are. Maybe she can't get to them because they're locked up and holed up. And so maybe this is because the TVA won't be prepared to do all of the fixing that's necessary. It'll bring them out, the timekeepers themselves, to have to work with that. And then at that point, Lady Loki can enact the rest of her plan. It'll be interesting to see where that goes. Also... She left the door open super long time to let Loki go through, and he, of course, did. So and I don't think I, th- I think everyone's gonna think he's betrayed us. I think he he's not going because he wants to necessarily be with her to continue I think he on wants fighting. To know more, he's so curious. Yeah, because he's the person he talks a lot, he schemes a lot, and a way you scheme a lot is to know a lot. And she didn't talk a lot. No, by the way, she didn't monologue like Mm-mm. she like she could have, but she didn't. So. Very interesting to see how this all works out. I'm expecting to see uh, an attempt to make a different timeline work, like change to a different sacred timeline. That would be my guess, because fighting the lizards would make sense, but weird theory. But the idea is that what if there are three lizards in every timeline, and the three lizards in the sacred timeline just happen to be the ones that came out on top? Mm -hmm. And so the idea is that she's trying to branch out and create a different multiverse so she can create a different timeline that, for whatever reason, maybe Asgard doesn't get exploded or... You know whatever her purpose is to you know create that because she's clearly trying to avenge or revenge or something along the lines of, well, my timeline didn't go the way I wanted it to, and <laughs> I am not happy with that. Exactly, and I mean at this point in time, like <laughs> uh, we've got four episodes left, uh, a lot more mysteries right now than answers. Uh, I think the big one for me at this point in time is as if she is an actual Loki variant. Or if she is something else. Yes. Like at this point, if she's the daughter of Loki, that just, well, it legitimizes way too many things. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you this much. I'm more excited for this show than I have been for the other two. Nice. And despite this time, time stuff, travel, yeah, I know. But mostly because it really pertains to the movies. Like there is so much going on that will matter in the future, regardless of how whatever they decide to write with. And, you know, with WandaVision and Captain America, you know, I, I enjoyed them, but yeah. I didn't feel like I was this invested in them. And it's it's one of those things where WandaVision really kind of, I mean, obviously with the, the personal tales of grief, but when you're looking at it, the big picture, they needed to set the ground rules for what is reality yes. and how uh, heroes can affect that reality. In Captain and the uh, Captain and the Falcon and the Winter Falcon and whatever, <laughs> they were looking at how the world is dealing after the snap. Yep. So on a global scale, and so on this one, I think they just need to establish the rules of time travel so they can affect it later on. It's you got to know the rules before you can break them. And none of them were bad. Not no. saying that. Mm-mm. It's just this one for me for whatever reason. Maybe it's probably Tom Hiddleston and Owen Wilson. I can, yeah. I can almost guarantee Dude, you it's Wilson's that. Owen so good in this. They really are. I feel like I know what your Halloween costume is going to be this year. Oh man, if I could pull off the Howard Stark, I'd do it. 
And maybe <laughs> really? Howard Stark with Loki horns. There you go. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, let us know how you feel about it. Again, just like Ryan did, you can send us an email, bjgeeknation at gmail.com. But now it is time for... The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, what's going on? All right. Do you guys have a ride or die? Who oh. is your ride or die B? Oh. Do you so want to give him a shout out? Okay, yeah. It's uh, the old PLP, Brogan. Brogan's your ride or die B. Hell yeah. We've ridden and not died a lot of times. Oh, that's good. Yeah, 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 exactly. But yeah, uh, always there for him and vice versa. And for me, it's my best friend Ashton. Joe, who is your ride or die? I'm just going to go with the boys. Because the if, boys. I, if I like forget one of them or don't say one of their <laughs> names, they're all going to get mad at me. That's fair. So the boys. No, it's a good call. Uh, and I feel like now like we did spend this whole episode talking about Loki. Like I feel like is this ride or die going to be uh, I'm blanking on Mobius? I keep wanting to say Morbius, but that's not correct. Uh, it's not correct. No. Uh, is it, his new ride or die going to be Mobius? Is it going to be Thor again at some point? Who knows? We don't know. Yeah. Right. But uh, Ranker came out with a list of 17 ride-or-die action movie duos you trust to save the world any day. And I would even suggest, like, I would want these guys to be my ride-or-dies. Okay. Uh, but I want, I'm curious to see if you guys mm. can guess some of these. Now, I would... Uh, see. This is action movie, so it goes more... doesn't have to be superheroes. Uh, oh, man. Because I'm just thinking of old-school stuff, and I don't know There's if There's a lot gonna... of old-school stuff okay. on here. I was thinking maybe... Uh, uh, Oh, God. Riggs and uh, Martin and Riggs, I think, from uh, Lethal Weapon. Oh, okay. So uh, that would be Danny Glover and Mel Gibson's characters from the Lethal Weapon series. And that is number eight. Okay, good. Okay, so they are going with those. Wow, okay, good. For those who don't know what Lethal Weapon was. Oh, shut up. Or how did they get paired up? Uh, so after Detective Riggs <laughs> becomes depressed after the passing of his wife, he is transferred from narcotics to homicide, where he's paired with Sergeant Murtaugh. 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 Yep. A longtime officer who just wants to take things easy now that he's 50 years old. And, and they did do another series on it on Fox recently. So, okay. It didn't last long. No, it didn't. But, I mean, at least it's a little more updated, so I don't feel like too old. But I mean, it's it's funny because uh, was it Donald? I keep wanting to say, is it Do- Danny Glover? Danny Glover. Donald Glover's Childish Gambino. I know that's why I'm like, <laughs> which am I going to say incorrectly? Danny Glover, uh, his like line throughout the entire movie is like, "I'm too old for this s." Yes. Which I remember watching as a kid. Funny enough, w- with my dad, I don't remember anything from the movie except Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. There you go. But uh, that is definitely one of them. Yeah, and uh, when he was too old for that S, he was in his early 40s. So uh, apparently now I am too old for this S. Oh, mm. yeah. Welcome. I've been saying this mm. for years. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any other guesses on mm. who they think is the strongest action movie duos? I'm going to go with Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. I was going to think, I was thinking about that, but I was just wondering if maybe because Paul Walker is passed and they're no longer like you can't ride or die with them anymore because I rode so Dom and Brian Fast and the Furious franchise is number five oh look at you Joe right on with that one they very much are they're family men that's right Vin's family and Paul's got the police hookup so I mean you're gonna probably be okay it's true I'm assuming he quit being a cop because they kept doing other stuff yeah after like what the second or the third one he kind of went rogue or something Mm -hmm. he goes rogue in every one of the movies because they're always like oh we're trapped in your car, how are you going to get away from us? But then he does, but then they retrack him in the next movie. Uh, but I, yeah, I think he's no longer with the police, but then they're always tied in with the police, anyways. Yeah, uh, do you guys have any other guesses? Um, Rocket and Groot, not on this list, yeah, I kind of figured, but that is a good one, though. We do have a uh... some, it's funny because we have in two different ones, we have a Marvel actor. 
but he's not not playing not the Marvel playing character. The Mar- Marvel character in these two. All right, give us give us one because I'm kind of yeah. I'll I'll, I'll go down. One. We'll figure out the first ones. I'll start uh, down from seventeen. Okay. So we have Stephen Hiller and David Levinson. Who are those? You ask. Yes. Will Smith and uh, well, oh Martin Lawrence. No. Oh, that's uh, from be Independence one. Day. Oh, Jeff Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. Well, then at that point, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence have to be in it as well oh, as yeah. bad boys because, I mean, those are the like true ride-or-die guys. Oh, yeah, they're like one of the OGs. That's number nine. Okay. Oh, what about um? Oh, uh, Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg? Oh, from they, the other guys? <laughs> yeah. Gamble and Hoyts is number 15. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> Those are guys I do not want. Like, Will Ferrell, any of his characters are not a ride-or-die guy in my uh, my opinion there. Mm-hmm. That's true, but it's one of my favorite portrayals. Of, I mean, I would never have thought that they would have been good together, but that movie's hilarious. Well, because you keep thinking of Mark Wahlberg. At first, he was like that heartthrob when he was younger, and now you kind of see him as more of that action movie star. But when he's done stuff like Ted and everything, he... He very much has a lot of comedy in him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, um, so 17 was from Independence Day. Number 16 from Predator. Predator. Dutch and Dylan. Okay, which one is Dylan? Because Dutch is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Dylan is, uh, I forget his name. It doesn't say his actual name on here. It's the this guy. Uh Oh, oh, God. Dang it. It's not Billy D. Uh, Williams. No, uh, Carl Weathers. Thank you. Ah, it took I'm me like, forever. Right. Uh, number 16 on the list, 15, we did say Gamble and Hoyts from the other guys. Number 14 and number th- 13 both have jo- uh, Robert Downey Jr. in them. Okay, oh. but it's n- okay. Uh, Sherlock and uh, Jude Law's Watson. Number 14. Okay, and sh- oh, man, what else was he in? Doolittle and the Animals? No, that movie no. is terrible. <laughs> Him and the Giraffe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is it, and it's not a Marvel property. No, I don't think so. What the hell else was Robert Downey Jr. in? Oh, Willy it's, Wonka, maybe? No, no. no. He was... Uh, it that was, was Johnny Depp. The, the duo oh. is Harry Lockhart and Gay Perry from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Ooh. Wow, which I is haven't Val seen Kilmer? Kiss, yeah, I haven't seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang in forever, and that hasn't even brought up on one of our podcasts since uh, Mark Ronner did a spops right. about it. <laughs> wow, Mark Ronner. <laughs> uh, number twelve. Okay, so I'll give you a hint. So twelve. Switch those numbers around. Two one. Oh, 21. Jonah Hill and uh, Channing Tatum, Twenty One Jump Street, yeah. Schmidt and Jenko. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, that was a that was a good hint. Yay! Thank you. <laughs> number eleven. I don't think you guys are gonna get this one. It's Butch Cassidy and the Sun and Sundance. Okay. So yeah, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I'm trying to remember who were who was in that. It's a it's, it's a, a uh, way older one. Robert is it Robert Redford? Yeah, I think it's Robert Redford. Yes, and I don't know the other guy. Yeah, who was the Sundance Kid, or was Robert Redford the Sundance Kid? I just remember Robert Redford's young look because I watched, you know, what is it, uh, Gatsby, The Great Gatsby, in high school with Robert Redford, and that's. Did you watch the Leo version? I well, that wasn't out yet. Oh, <laughs> I did eventually watch that one. Robert Redford was the Sundance Kid, or. Yeah, and Butch Cassidy was Paul Newman. That's right. That's right. The salad dressing guy? Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes, but also he was an actor. <laughs> yes. Son of a... Yeah, number 10. I don't think you guys are going to get this one either. Damn it. Dalton and Wade Garrett from Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Okay, yeah, yeah. Roadhouse is a solid Swayze movie. If you want 80s uh, action beat-em-ups in a local setting, it's fantastic. Wait, is it Patrick Swayze and is that Elliot... Um, What's his name? Something Elliot. 
Sam Elliott? Sam Elliott. Yeah. Oh, my God. He looks so young, but he still looks old. That just triggered me thinking about another good duo would be The Dude and uh, Walter. It's not on here, but that is a good one. Not action. That's probably why. Oh, I guess you're right. Well, Technically. There's some action in there. No, I would have put it on there, but unfortunately, (laughs) Lebowski and the big Lebowski. You guys are going to very much agree with the next ones. Number nine was Mike and Marcus from Bad Boys. Mm -hmm. Number eight was Riggs and uh, Murtaugh. Murtaugh. And Lethal Weapon, number yep. seven. I think there are actually, there's a couple beers named after these guys. Oh, geez. Beers. And I know that because I had to learn the name of this beer when I was a waitress. Dos Equis. Bodhi Zafa. We got Bodhi and Johnny Utah yeah, from Point yeah, Break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bodhi Zafa was, a, well, it was a, it was a, some sort of spiritual uh, guy as well. But yeah, yeah. Johnny Utah and another Patrick Swayze with uh, Bodhi. Yep, right? Yep. Uh, number six. Think uh, a galaxy far, far away. Uh, okay, okay, first off, um, uh, Spock and Kirk? I thought Galaxy Far, Far Away was Star Wars. Damn it, you're right. <laughs> um, Han and, Han and Chewie? Han and Chewie. Okay. Does that mean, okay, so that was, what number was that, six? Six. So that means, and we talked about the fifth one. Which was Dom and Brian, Fast yeah. and Furious. Um, is the top four any of those C-3PO and R2-D2? Nope. Oh, you, mm. Mm. I think they were better than Han and Chewie. Number four... Think of what is your favorite trilogy uh, or series. It's not really a trilogy, mm, but your favorite three movies. Uh, the Cornetto trilogy. Yes. Are they just saying Simon Pegg and Nick Frost? No, there's a specific movie characters. Okay, so is and it Shaun of the Dead? Hot Fuzz. Hot Nicholas fuzz? Angel really? and Danny Butterman. You know what? They were really good, and that was the action movie out of the three. Yes. So that does make sense, and it, it has some of the greater action scenes. A lot of them are um, inspired by mm-hmm. older stuff, including Bad Boys. So it's stand- and Shame. Point break. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I love that meme yeah. and gif. <laughs> Is it too late to change my last name to Butterman? Uh, no, it's not. Uh, I, I Joey would, D's Nuts Butterman? Yes. I would actually be like, okay, let's get married because I would like that last name, Butterman. <laughs> Uh, number three, sci-fi. You're probably not going to think of it right off the bat because we have all these other sci-fi movies we think of first. Mm-hmm. But it is a movie from the 90s, I believe. Okay. An older guy, a younger guy. One's the mentor. Uh, older guy? Lo- phenomenal actors, both of them. One of them was already listed earlier. Will Smith Will is in this. Smith in, in, um, Will Smith and Kevin Klein in Wild Wild West. Absolutely not. I know. Damn, actually, when you said that, I'm like, wow, he might be right. No, think of an older actor. With Will Smith. Has, have I have we seen the movie? Yes. Okay. If you haven't, you are a disgrace. Will Smith and... It's a duo. Mm. They saved the world. Oh. Oh, Tommy Lee Jones, Men in Black. Yes. Duh. Agent J and Agent K. Duh, duh, duh. Which, I, you can't disagree with that one. No. No, that was a great one. Now, I don't know if they consider these action movies, but maybe Christopher Lloyd and Michael J. Fox and Back to the Future? Hmm. It, I think it's more sci-fi than action, but it's yeah. not on this list. Yeah, we have figures. two. Jerks. One is more action-y, not so geeky. The other one, number one, is very nerdy. Kirk geeky. and Spock. No. <laughs> are they not on this list? No. Oh, uh, I mean, okay. The new Star Wars, uh, Star Trek movies are absolutely action. These count. I right. agree. Uh, what I the mean, French toast? I agree. Number two, though, is when you think of iconic duos, even if you've never seen the movie, for some reason, people still know these guys. Maverick and Goose from Top Gun. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's allowable. I'll mm-hmm. allow that. Talk to me, Goose. I say that to my little brother all the time. <laughs> like when he's just whining and like freaking out on the floor tantrum. I'm like, just talk to me, Goose. What do you want? <laughs> Between that and calling him a beehole. Yeah, I call him that way too often. Uh, number one. 
we did talk about the MCU earlier today. So these are you can't have one without the other. Tony well, we kind of did. Dark. Okay. No. And is this no. the MCU? MCU. Okay, it is the MCU. Oh, I bet I know what it is. Thor and Loki. No, because no. there's a lot of I was animosity maybe because we there. Were talking about I was going to go with there. Bucky and Rogers. Yep, Bucky and Rogers. Wow, yeah, good call. Number one. Yeah. Like, Bucky saved scrawny Steve Rogers all the time, and Steve is all like, it's his Bucky. And I did see a meme <laughs> earlier Bucky, that, Bucky. that said it's like all the problems that happened were happened around when anybody tried to take Bucky away from Steve. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, 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 don't, don't, don't. The two don't take his Bucky. Don't touch the Bucky. I touched the Bucky. Don't touch the Bucky. <laughs> wow, we're just full of memes today without memeing. Right. Well, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.